right now, even to get a mid-rise housing building built, say six to 12 stories on a street with transit, a major busy street, uh, is a huge, complicated, time-consuming undertaking here. And I'm proposing to fix that because we need more housing and we need it faster. Mr. John Tory throwing his hat officially into the ring for a third term, and he has uh, officially kicked off his race. And, of course, he's the front runner. Everyone knows him. But he has kicked things off by unveiling, I think, what he's seeing as the big plank of his campaign, which is a five-point plan to get more uh, development, housing development, more in the mid-range. So we're talking about the four units uh, or less in areas that are served by transit. And he says he'll create a process to stream by, you know, streamline building. What a novel concept. <laughs> like, honestly, 2022, we're going to streamline things. Well, that's, that's smart. I mean, because the problem, and we have many, building houses in a place like Toronto requires all three levels of government to be involved. So he seems to think he can change that. And in term three, if you elect John Tory, he'll build the housing he hasn't been able to build in the first two terms. Let me bring in Eric Lombardi to this conversation. He is with an organization called More Neighbors Toronto. Great to have you. Thank you for having me on, Alex. I don't want to be cynical, Eric, but uh, I feel like we always hear these promises for housing, but I don't really feel like we ever actually get it. And then I kind of Googled the stats on this. You know, we built 36,700 units in, in Toronto in the last calendar year. Sounds like a lot, but it's not. Uh, no, it's not. And honestly, you do have every right to be cynical. Uh, overall, uh, every level of government likes to play up the rhetoric on how important housing is. And when mm -hmm. it actually comes to the nitty gritty of changing the policies to enable more housing to be built, especially the types that are suitable for families, uh, you know, we, we're just not seeing that translation happen. And so, you know, we're in a housing crisis and we really dug ourselves deep. Right. So when you look, and, and, and it's, it's a big problem that's about to get bigger because we actually got some stats scan information today showing that the population of Ontario is actually going to surge uh, over the next 28 years by 30%. Much of the brunt of that surge, Eric, will be held, felt here in, in this urban centre we call Toronto. We're not ready for it because we haven't planned and we are still decades behind whether it's building uh, infrastructure for roads or highways, but certainly on the housing front. Yeah, you're, you're correct. But, you know, I, act, I don't think it's all hopelessness. I actually do think this is a huge opportunity for our city if we mm -hmm. want to get it right. You know, we can really build a city that is open to people from around the world, their talents, the cultures that they bring that make our city a lively and vibrant place. And, you know, we can do all that by building the kinds of housing that are great for families to live in, you know, that, you know, people can live in neighborhoods that have lots of trees and you know we actually have a lot of space and the mm -hmm. capacity to really do this if we want to but you know the political urgency needs to be there for the changes to allow the private market to do what it needs to do but also you know finding innovative ways that we can leverage public assets as well to deliver housing for those who also really need that the help yeah, I mean, because outside of Toronto, when you look, I mean, Canada as a whole is actually in a in a housing a boom in, as far as construction. But then you hit Toronto, and for some reason, we just can't um, get the housing construction that we need, which is very strange. And I go back to this, it's complicated. We've made it far too complicated. So John Tory is now promising he's going to streamline it. I think it should have been done a 
couple of decades ago. But do these uh, expanded mayoral powers do this? Like, how how do you see, Eric, this being changed so that it actually gets done? You know, I don't have a whole lot of hope on the municipal level. I mean, John Tory's been mayor for eight years, and he's overseeing sort of the the, the greatest um, decline in affordability, both on the rental and the ownership side in the city, right? And, you know, the small accomplishments really don't measure up to what has happened. And a lot of the things that he's proposing would be good things if, you know, they actually happened and also were happened in a way that weren't limited by, you know, the politics that are already occurring. So his very first, uh, you know, bullet, his five-point plan is about expanding housing options to allow that missing middle, you know, mm-hmm. multiplex, small apartment housing to go through. But that has been in committee and in study yeah. for years. And, you know, he could have brought that forward in the last council, and he didn't. Right. He talks about reducing development charges and taxes on new construction, particularly for housing, while the city just raised it by 50 percent last year. And so, you know, I really do appreciate the direction that the mayor is going here. But, you know, there's a big heap of, well, why now? What was different between, you know, yesterday and six months ago? And I think we need to ask him that question. What has changed for him to sort of be pivoting in this direction? But where's the conversation, and, and maybe it's happening, but I don't think it's being heard, like, where's the conversation uh, about using what we already have? Because I don't need to tell you, Eric, um, we have existing structures, whether it's provincial buildings that are not being used, uh, municipal uh, buildings just not being used, that could easily be converted into affordable living or could be renovated. I, I see buildings all over the place, older buildings that are just sitting there for years not being used. That would, I think, remedy a lot of the problems, kind of an instant fix, and it doesn't seem to happen. And you'd actually be absolutely right. You know, more neighbors. We actually started last year. Um, we're a non, we're a non-funded, entirely volunteer, also you know, cross-partisan organization. And we've really been pushing our leaders to think about how we use public land to deliver mm-hmm. on you know building mixed income housing with even some higher affordability targets. You know, you actually see yeah. some not-for-profits for like Kindred Works, who work with uh, you know, the United Church to use their properties to develop uh, housing at, at, you know, 30% of the units are targeted affordable, the rest are market. Yep. And, you know, that's a model that the government could easily adopt uh, if it wanted to. But, you know, there's been this really, you know, strong unwillingness for our leaders to do, you know, the hard work, right? Like actually translating those opportunities into actions. You know, we've seen it in some small ways um, with the Create TO and Housing Now TO, but, you know, a huge opportunity to expand that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I I look to somewhere like Forest Hill, where you would never think that they have kind of a mix, and maybe they could use more, but they have a really nice blend of where you've got like multi-million dollar homes, but you also have lower income housing, and what this does is afford those who don't necessarily have the means to be in a neighborhood that offers them more opportunity, whether that's playgrounds, parks, safety, but that's, I think, what we want to strike is is the balance. Uh, My concern, though, is that we just get so much bluster with these announcements, and then again, in two, three years, Eric, I'll call you up and say, where is the housing? You're you're absolutely right. And, you know, if you look at Toronto as a whole, of its residential land, 70% of it are marked for just single-family homes. Now, over the next 20 years, if just one in four of those homes became a multifamily home, 
of two, three, four, we would barely need to build another high rise in the city to handle its population growth. Like that's how much space is available. But the, the political barrier and, you know, honestly, just, you know, the willingness for John Tory to spend that political capital and educating people on why that might actually be better for their communities, you know, bringing yeah. back some small retail, making neighborhoods a little bit more walkable and a little bit diverse in terms of who can afford to live there. Because you know, we have all these historically working class neighborhoods that are all, all of yeah. a sudden policy gated communities that most Torontonians who grew up here can't even afford to live in anymore. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we need to see that change happen and we need to not talk about doing that sometime in the future after we study it a third time. We actually need to implement policy reforms. It'll upset yeah. people, but it'll help way more. Yeah, the nimbyism gets a, a bit annoying where you get people complaining that there's not enough housing and then they're the very people that turn around and say, but not in my neighborhood. I just don't want it here. But I think, you know, we need to go up. Uh, we need to be like New York where you look at a building and you say, well, there's retail space here, but look up there what we could do with that. We just don't seem to utilize um, what we could do. Like you'll see a liquor store, let's say, at the corner of Spadina and King, and it's like, okay, great. But then like, okay, put something, don't just build the liquor store build the building and put the liquor store on the bottom or whatever. But we just seem to kind of always be, and maybe I'm being unfair here, but we just seem to be always an afterthought city. It's like, oh, yeah, we could do that maybe after. No, do it now. Yeah, I, and, and you're 100% right. And I, I think there's a lot of room for cynicism because that's been the experience. But what gives me a lot of hope, and you know, even seeing in John Tory's platform, is that a lot of the people who have been saying that, no, we can do better on this issue and here's how, are beginning to win the argument. And I, I think a lot of uh, Torontonians sort of see how we've grown and yeah. the amount of limitations that we place on even mild forms of growth. And they're increasingly coming to see that for what it is as insane and pointless. Um, you know, the local politics has always been dominated by, you know, the, the NIMBY attitudes, right? Yeah. You know, 30% of people show up to vote in a municipal election. It's, it's devastatingly low. And the people who participate often are the ones who have this time and honestly the, the willingness to just be complainers, right? And so, you know, the incentives at the local level aren't there. And so while it gives me a lot of hope that John Tory is moving in this direction, as are some of his competitors in mayoral election, like uh, Jim Polizmoskola, a lot of this could also be put onto the province. The province has a lot of bandwidth to really make some of these changes. And I think their fear of the municipal reaction has really limited their willingness to take action. And so, you know, at some point, some level of government is going to have to say, Do you know what, it's time for at least someone to be accountable on this. And, you know, we can't just continue with the status quo and we can't just mm -hmm. push hard decisions out to study so that a future politician would have to do it, right? Like eventually we are yeah, going to need to do it. And I, I think this is a great time to start having that conversation at the city. A study to study a study, and then we will study it again. It's like transit. Uh, we'll just keep studying it, Eric, and then one day we might uh, <laughs> study it some more. I very much appreciate your time on this. Probably we'll lean on you again during the election because I think these are the promises that everyone hears make great headlines. But again, if there's no small print or fine print to it, or there is, you got to read that. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. And for those who are listening, you know, go to moreneighbors.ca and learn about what we're doing and, you know, get involved because your voice actually makes a huge difference.
100% it does. Eric Lombardi, thank you. That is Eric Lombardi joining us here. It is More Neighbors Toronto, and uh, we'll see what the devil says in the details. I'm Alex Pearson. This is 640 Toronto.